Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM Podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing and get real about women in business. Find us wherever you download podcasts, and of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim.com. Hey, guys, what is up? Welcome back to the Women in Influencer Marketing podcast. My name is Jesse Grossman, of course, and I am not only the founder of this incredible community, um, but also your host for this podcast, my baby. It's like my baby. I mean, I thought the community was fun to run, but this podcast is just like so fun. It's honestly one of the most consistent things I've ever done probably in my whole life. And don't get me wrong, there are definitely weeks and I'm like, oh, I roll, I got to record another video or like I didn't get my shit together and schedule a guest. So I got to record like a, a solo episode or do something or it's, I'm running late, I'm running behind, whatever. But that is actually pretty far and few between. I love this podcast. And I think that it's just because we get really interesting women on. And I hardly remember that we're recording a podcast, truly. Like, it's just fun to have these types of conversations. And today's guest is certainly one of those people that I could talk to her for hours. We have a lot of similarities, but I mean, beyond that, we actually have a lot of differences. She's also running a community, but hers are more for creators. So Desiree Martinez, she is a YouTuber. She's a podcaster, an author, an award-winning social media creative content creator, and an advocate for women creators. So she is my my type of woman. She's worked with hundreds of businesses and brands to help them grow their businesses with better content marketing. She really, truly knows what it takes to help your business grow, to build community. We talk about that a lot on this episode today and get leads through a really noisy newsfeed. She's the founder of Women in Video. And as the founder, she's helping build economic impact and equality quality for the female creator economy with community, education, and resources. She is a hot mess mom of two, her words, not mine. She's a Mario Kart champ, Slytherin, and nerdy wife living in Michigan. Does that mean she's a Michigana? <laughs> My Jew just came out. <laughs> um, we have links to how to connect with her in the show notes, but she is also a member of WIM. So you can also connect with her in our community. She and I were connected actually by another WIM member who met her and knew me for a while and was like, you guys are doing somewhat similar things. You should definitely connect. I think you'd vibe and we really have. So I just have huge respect for what she's building. She has a women in video conference, which is really exciting. We talk about that a little bit in this episode. So there are lots of fun things to enjoy. Before we get into the episode though, I want to highlight our merch. So you will see on your screen now, we've got beautiful new items that are in. And so many of you are, you know, working from home and wanting to like spruce up your background. What about what you're wearing or what about what you're holding in your hand? I think that your work from home situation should be a bunch of conversation starters. You'll actually see that in Desiree's background. She's got this cool background that we were talking about before we started recording where she's like, yeah, I've got this trinket that, you know, it was the first time I met so-and-so and that trinket, which means this to me. And it's like a whole wall of conversations. I was like, wow, oh, that's so good. So smart. And I just think it would be so fun to be able to have like a whim, whether it's like a whim shirt, but like have your whim water bottle or have a laptop case. There's like a lot of really great ways to kick off a conversation with an icebreaker. I love sort of asking people about their backgrounds or I don't know, something that has nothing to do with the conversation at hand, just to sort of like throw them off a little bit. 
for the point of getting to know them better. So some whim merch can definitely do that. I'm a huge fan of Printful, which is where our merch comes from. The quality of their items are so, so good. So it's getting a little colder. Might as well get like a, there's, we've got hoodies and all sorts of nice, like warm weather items, but also like I mentioned, like fun accessories as well. Anyways, I have a bunch of them and um, I can vouch the quality is so good, but also on a practical level, really good conversation starters. Oh, I love the iPhone case. That's a really great one. So you're like, whim, what's a whim? It's like, well, let me tell you. Anyways, it's really fun. We designed some, some stuff where we've got like some cool pops of color now. So definitely check it out. I'm a big fan of the merch. I also want to mention to everyone and make sure that our members are aware of this incredible masterclass library that we have. So for members, it's totally free, like peruse. We're so leaning into the on-demand idea because unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, you know, having live virtual events people are finding it harder to attend these days. It's not the beginning of the pandemic, which is a good thing. (laughs) But the point being, we have this whole library of masterclasses from how you can YouTube, all about Instagram reels, everything from, you know, the stuff about the, the platforms to, you know, how to make a perfect pitch. We have one coming up about podcasting. We have a couple of them about paid social. We have so many different topics out there, but of course they're all relating to influencer marketing, social media, and also just women in business. We have some good ones about like venture capital. So it's a wide variety of topics. So the next time that you're perusing, I don't know who has cable anymore, but your TV (laughs) or you're perusing YouTube, that's what I peruse these days, or Hulu or Netflix, consider us as well. We have really good content. We're just producing more and more and adding to the library. If you are not a member of WIM, of course, I'm going to say you should join, but real talk, you can also just view those classes, the master classes a la carte. Like if you want to join the membership, I know you're going to get a lot out of it, but real talk, like not everybody has the money. Not everybody like wants to commit right away. I know I have to see something and like mess around with something for quite a bit before I'm like actually convinced to dive in. So I'm not going to be that pressure sale. But if you want to like explore WIM a little bit and be like, what is WIM all about? Like you want to actually like explore one of our masterclasses, you can. Each one, I think that they're like $19.99. So like very affordable. You pick the topic that you're interested in, download it. You've got it. It's all yours. Members, of course, get to view them all as part of their membership fee. Anyways, I am so proud of those masterclasses and also the ones that we are producing coming up. We just did one on Web3, which I happen to think is a really interesting topic and I want more of our members to learn about. And like I mentioned, our next one coming up is all about podcasting. Obviously, I'm going to share with you guys what I've learned and how I think you guys could do it better. And if you're like, wait, you guys, me... I'm going to be on a podcast. Yes, girl, you are going to be on a podcast. Why? Because influencers are not just the ones that we hire on a regular basis. You might be hiring more thought leaders, perhaps. Those are the the types of influencers that I know that you are. It's not just for the fashionistas and the, you know, parenting influencers and the traditional kinds of influencers that we're thinking of. I want to encourage you to be an influencer in your own right and like get your thoughts out there. The only reason that like people listen to this podcast is because I'm consistent and I've got a lot of shit to say and I get some really interesting people on here to have conversations. That is literally the recipe for having a podcast. Of course, we're going to talk about how to have a successful podcast and sort of like the nitty gritty of like, what microphones to do and what to think about when growing and building a podcast. Anyways, if this is something that intrigues you even in the littlest bit, check out our events page because it is coming up soon. So it's iamwim.com slash events. All right. Without further ado, I'm so excited for you to get to know Desiree. Again, she's a gem. She says, tells it how it is. And I know you're going to learn a lot from her. So enjoy. This is Desiree Martinez of Women in Video.
right. So Miss Desiree, we've been chatting for a good like 10, 15 minutes before hitting record. I'm excited to continue our conversation. We heard quite a bit about you in the intro to this episode. First of all, warm welcome, first and foremost. So thank you for joining today. (laughs) I always think it's awesome to sort of hear in your own words, like a little bit more about you and just sort of like how you got to being where you are today because you have such an interesting story. So lay it on us. I've got so many ways to start this. Sometimes I get sassy and I was like, I was born at three o'clock on the Thursday. Truth is like what led me to like our conversation is just my deep-seated fire in my belly, aggressive desire to help women creators because I have been a part of the creator economy for about five years. I've been a social media marketer for about 13. And it's so interesting to me how we make all these strides technologically and socially and culturally. But for some reason, whenever something starts or becomes new, there's like this fight for women to have equal pay and equal representation. And I was like, why is it that men, white men specifically, always dominate things and then push us down and then we have to fight for it. And then there's this constant state back and forth of devaluing and deconstructing what we're doing. I've always thought that it's been super messed up. I got into the creator economy because I have a social media marketing agency called All in One Social Media that helps businesses manage their social media with package-based services while putting military spouses to work as social media managers. And my husband was in the Air Force at the time in our community and our base like the women were not able to get jobs. We have this Facebook group for every base around the country for spouses. And it was one of those things like I can't get work. Like the town will not hire me, even as like retail or fast food. And I was like, this is super messed up because I actually grew up a military kid. My mom had this exact same mission happen to her. And I was like, how is this still an issue 25 years later, especially when we have so many great opportunities for making money online? So I started to teach women how to be social media managers, and then I'd hire them so that they could make money passively with a company that understood their lifestyle, their jargon, their needs, and things like that. And so because it was military life, my husband came home and was like, hey, we have orders to move to South Korea. And I was like, awesome. How the heck am I supposed to keep growing this agency if I don't have a way to get leads, go to conferences, talk to people. And so I turned to YouTube as that solution because I could teach people about social media by answering their common problems. And I just turned to this thing I absolutely was obsessed with. It's like my favorite thing I get to do. It was a wonderful creative outlet for me. And in addition to being something that was really effective as I continued to get better and work through my really awkward kinks as a creator that we all have when we start. And it was just this thing that kept growing and growing it still to this day is a fantastic lead source for my agency. It allows for us to continue to make money, put military spouses to work. And I've added additional revenue streams from it like through the Amazon influencer program, through sponsorships, through affiliates, through courses, through syndication, all with my like 35,000 subscribers. So it's just one of those things for me that I really love it as a creator. But the thing that pushed me to the women of video, which is where like women us have the alignment, the connection is there's a conference in the industry called Social Media Marketing World. And I really was a big advocate for this conference at the time, but they were like, we're going all in on YouTube. Like we think this is the future of marketing. And like when they announced all of the speakers at their conference, they were all men. It was four white dudes and one a man of color. And I was like, why would you do this? of marketers are women. So rather than getting mad, I came up with the solution. And I was like, hey, how about we did a panel called Women of YouTube? And we could talk to marketers about how to work with women creators on YouTube and like what they can do and how it can be a return on their investment. And they turned it down, even though they liked it because they were just full. And so I turned it into a live stream with a company called TubeBuddy, which is an extension for your YouTube channel. And it went off fantastically. And people at that same conference that I was at, because I did it the week before, people were coming up to me asking me, like, where can we get more? I want to do some more. I love hearing these women and these stories. And I kept getting asked. And so I turned it into a podcast. And so the Women of YouTube was born. In 2022, we rebranded it to the Women of Video because at the time when we even started that podcast, TikTok didn't exist in that way. Video wasn't anything but YouTube. And so since then, we've branched out to expand what we're doing. Plus, you know, you should never 
build a brand on the proprietary trademarked name like YouTube or Facebook or something. And so since then, we've been telling the stories of women YouTube creators to inspire other women to start and keep creating on YouTube and, and other video platforms so that they can build economic impact and equality for themselves as creators through education, resources, and community. I'm so obsessed with your story. So we were introduced actually by another WIM member, Kristen. Shout out to you, girl. You sort of made history here. And like, we just had an initial call. I'm like, I thought you were great. We just had a pretty short call though. And then I started looking at your content after. And like, honestly, I was hooked. Your content is so good. And I'm just so impressed by like what you stand for. Obviously, we're like very much pro-women and trying to get women's voices out there. There's a lot of synergies. I think that's probably why we were put in touch in the first place. But I love to talk a little bit about community because it's such a buzzword in the past like year, couple years for sure. And you see all these really incredible, exciting communities take off and they have like a complete life of their own, regardless of sort of what it started out as. I think that People who are listening today, whether you're on the brand side, the agency side, the influencer side, maybe you are an influencer or a manager, absolutely needs to wrap your head around the power and the possibility of community. So I'd love to just start by asking you, what's your experience building a community? Because sure, it's incredibly successful now. Everybody starts at zero. And where do you see your community going? So I think that community is like the new online buzzword. And I think that because it's talked about so much, I worry it's going to get a little devalued and people are going to get sick of it, kind of like synergy, like those kinds of things. The thing about a community is like with whatever you're doing, whether you are an individual influencer who's trying to impact people through whatever you do, or whether you're a large organization, like a big corporation, like Apple or Starbucks, whatever, your fans, your prolific customers, the people that just keep coming back to you because they like what you're doing. They like your messaging. They're just relating in some way, shape or form. They like your style. Those are your people. Like essentially think of your community like those are your people. Those are the people that you call, you turn to when you need something. Like I need comfort, I need help, I need resource, I need solutions, I need someone to cry on. Like those are your people. Kind of like how we as individuals are trying to like build our tribe of small people. Having a community is essentially a bigger tribe around a specific theme. The more specific your theme is, the more specific purpose you have, the more it's very clear what you do and what you offer, the more successful you'll be. Like we've heard a lot, especially in the past year or two, as the creator economy has blown up, is you have to pick a niche. Like you have to be in a box. They have to know where to put you. And while that can seem a little creatively limiting sometimes, it's really important for building out foundational community needs. When we started off with the women of video, we were the women of YouTube. And so being able to specifically find women YouTube creators to talk to them, like that built up really solid foundation for us. And then additionally, once we dove into what our content was, it wasn't just about telling the stories of women YouTubers. It was about telling the stories of women YouTubers to help other women become YouTubers. And now it's to become creators because video is where everyone wants to spend their time now. We've seen that with TikTok. We've seen it with Reels. We've seen that with Facebook. We've seen that with YouTube. We've seen that with Pinterest. We've seen that with Snapchat. It's just it's where we spend our time now. It's how we consume our content the most. And being able to know, okay, how can I turn my 60 seconds to five minutes into money is a question. So I always ask people, how do you make money? And so the fact that I have the uncomfortable conversations with people that for some reason we societally have decided that we don't talk about money in politics, which I think is super stupid, because if you don't talk about it, you can't know and you can't help with change. But so I have that conversation, like, how are you making money? I want people to know. And then I share with people how much money I make and how I'm doing it so that they know what is possible and how they can do it. Because I think when people talk about becoming a YouTuber, they want to do it for adoration for fans and because they think that they're going to get a lot of money off of AdSense or from like Reels bonuses and things like that. When in fact, that's for the vast majority of creators, it's their smallest income stream. And so by being able to know I can go to the women of video community because I'm going to find other solutions about being a creator, the problems I might have and people I can ask questions to about like, how's my thumbnail doing? Or I can't figure out what this is. Why is anyone else experienced this issue? Being able to go to the women in video community to 
learn about what's happening, like what's going on with Twitch, what's going on with Instagram, what's going on with YouTube, what's going on with these different things. Being able to go to a community and being able to find the right resources and tools to help me with my journey. Like I'm a YouTuber and I'm expanding into shorts, but I want to also distribute my content onto Instagram and to TikTok and Pinterest. That's a lot of extra time and manual labor. How can I simplify this? Oh, you want to use the tool repurpose.io because you post it once and then it will download an unwatermarked version, then redistribute it to the places it needs to go, right? So it's having that place that they know they can come to for answers and for support and for the refreshing inspirational story on a weekly basis, that's what this community is. And that's what they know they're going to get. And then we are able to build that up. You know, we have over a thousand members in our women of video community. We're looking to expand and make it bigger and reach more people. And that's why we're also doing an in-person event in Atlanta in March of 2023. That's just all women video for women by women focusing on helping women creators build economic impact and equality through education resources and community so that they know without a shadow of a doubt that not only do they have tons of valuable information, but they have a great tribe to support and push and help them to achieve all of their goals. If I can make it to that conference, I've already told you, like, I really want to go. It just sounds so good. Like the premise is incredible. And having an in real life, like an in-person experience like that, like nothing beats it. I just feel like you just feed off each other's energy and just like bringing so many like-minded people together for a conference like that. I'm excited for it. So we'll definitely leave more information in the show notes about the conference for those of you guys who are interested in attending and learning more, but I'm super excited for you to do that. So you guys have like about a thousand people in your network, I'm sure more who just like sort of know about you. And, you know, I call those our lurkers <laughs> who are like, oh, what's going on over there? And it's like, come on in, like commit. You're not going to get as much out of it, just sort of like lurking from the shadows. But you have so many women who have found you guys, discovered you guys and love what you're doing. What are you hearing from them? I am always trying as much as I can to ask my community, like, what can I be giving you more? What can I be giving you more of? And it does real talk. It's tricky because everyone's sort of looking for different things. And I'll speak personally, like I sort of want to find and define what my community is. Have you sort of gone through this similar struggles in trying to always be as relevant as possible for your community? And what are they asking for these days? It's a really tough question. So this is a two-parter thing. Okay, so let's talk about like the quality of your community so that you can keep supporting them. And I think it's also the question of like, okay, how do you figure out what they need? But I love transparency and honesty about it because I don't want you guys to think this is just easy and roses all the time. Right now, we're actually in a hard place with the community. And it's not because they're uninterested. It's because the platform that we are mainly communicating on, which is Facebook groups, the reach is trash. And it's hard to connect people, especially because like you have these like community expert people that are like, oh, it's still relevant. And if you're posting and being active and da, 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 it's like, no, it's not that simple because you have to think too, a lot of people are not using Facebook as much anymore. And so we're in a process internally as our organization of switching to a new place to communicate and to be able to make sure our messages are getting pushed the way that we want them to so that they're able to get them there. And then also because of the reach issue and we want to have a growth issue, the creator economy is really cluttered. And so if and there's a lot of companies that are leading in the creator economy that have bigger budgets. So I'm spending the time investing financially in like targeted advertising and doing a lot more outreach so that we are able to get in front of more people. Because I think that it's ridiculous to rely completely on an organic strategy when you're fighting against all these other places that now are filling in noise that didn't used to be there. Now, how can I make sure that we're doing what they need to do, what they need to know is one is asking, asking people, having conversations, DMing with people like, hey, what are the issues that you're facing? Talking to other people who are in the creator education space, like, hey, what are the issues that you're seeing your audience needs? And filling in some of those gaps and providing answers. And sometimes it's having answers for things and solutions for things that they didn't know that they needed. I'm in the polls for the creator economy. And so when things come in, I'm going to share them with the audience about stuff so that they know what's going on. Like when we recorded this, Instagram was trying to figure out how to do media kits through their app. And so I had shared a, an article from Instagram that talked about how that they're working on that. Because again, being an influencer and a creator, you need to know how you can make money and it's another opportunity for that. So it's really 
answering the questions that they have and meeting their needs, but also having answers and meeting needs they didn't know they had. And what are your thoughts on the media kit thing? Because I have so many, but you go first. (laughs) I think that Meta as a whole needs to pick a lane. And I think that they are just struggling. And I think that they are not listening to their community. They are not paying attention to what people want. And I think that they focus too much on user experience versus the people that allow for their platform to have success, like business pages and creators. And so I find that rather than trying to make new stuff, no one's asking for, fix the problems that people have. Oh my God, snaps to that. For people who are maybe tuning in and don't know what this is, like, so they're trying to basically have a hand in supporting creators in developing media kits. And I was so perplexed by that. <laughs> like you're a social media platform. Like it doesn't even feel connected. I can't even say connected business. What sort of like fundamentally bothers me about it. I don't know how you feel in my mind, that's a small business and maybe like a small business that can basically get traction and have its own life and its own income and its own success outside of Instagram. And I'm like, why are they trying to take that from somebody? Like, I hate that idea. And, you know, we have a weekly live stream about like the latest news in influencer marketing and social media. So I think last week or weeks ago, we discussed the fact that people are kind of not so happy with the creator marketplace that Instagram has also created for brand deals. And I sort of pulled our community and I was like, is anyone using that? Like, is anyone in there? And a lot of people are saying no. And I'm like, why are they in that space? And I agree with you. There are so many bigger problems that are not fixed yet (laughs) that like should be fixed. Why are they focusing in so many different directions? I think that honestly, for me, when I think about what they're trying to do is that they think that they well, where where everyone's hosting, we should be helping them with all these other things that they have. Like, oh, creators need sponsors. Let's connect them to sponsors without realizing that there's literally sponsorship coordinators with almost every major company. And then there's like communities like WIM, where it's people that are in charge of helping influencers from an agency or from a brand perspective or a marketing perspective, PR perspective that find them to pay them. Because Facebook and Meta is like, well, we can help them, then we can get money for helping them. And all of these other things that exist are like, no, we don't want to do that. We don't want to get charged more or let the influencer lose money. So we're going to go directly to them and create terms that make sense. Like like they're not paying attention. I, I listened to this really great curator community podcast called Colin and Samir. They said something perfect this morning because they were talking about the whole Twitch disaster that happened about a week ago. And this is something that companies need especially on that level. They need someone whose job it is to be the creator liaison. They need someone whose job it is to talk to creators and be the sound of reason in those rooms when people are trying to come up with solutions for things people have. YouTube does not have like an influencer brand partnership portal. They have individual people that coordinate and act as a contact for YouTube creators once they hit certain subscriber and viewership levels. And they work with them that way to help them with partnerships and finding the right deals and and helping them with what they're trying to accomplish because they know they're happy, they're creating, they can put ads in front of their content and then they can make more advertising dollars. For some reason, companies like Twitch and Meta and you know, all these other ones are not having that part. You're seeing it actually a little bit with LinkedIn. Like LinkedIn has a whole creator division that they're doing. And they have a lot of people that they're investing in to help like with creators on LinkedIn to create better LinkedIn content. And they understand their lane and training people how to create for LinkedIn for success rather than just creating for creating sake. So I think if brands are in a position to have a creator liaison, it's going to be truly beneficial for it. And that's from like a platform standpoint. When you talk about from a company standpoint, a company standpoint, especially that is working with creators, you need to consider having a creator board of directors. I am literally on a creator board of directors for a company called Spreadshop. Spreadshop does print on demand like merchandise for people for creators. So it's like, I have a YouTube channel. I have this phrase or saying I did. I'm going to put on a t-shirt and long sleeves and a face mask and a cup and I'm going to sell it. And they have 
print shops all over the world. So you can even print locally in other countries. So like if I have an audience in America and Canada and Australia, I can have a Canadian and an Australian store as well. And they can print locally at that location so that they're not paying astronomical international fees. Like it's very smart and very well done. And because they understand that as executives who run a company who are not actively creating and paying attention to the greater economy in the way that a creator is because it's the foundation of their business, they're asking us. So there's a board of 10 of us and they ask us questions and we're all doing different things on the platform. And they have an agenda every month and we meet every month and we ask about stuff and they ask us about stuff. We talk about stuff. We discuss things. They ask us questions and we give them insights that they didn't even think about. So if the creator economy and influencers and UGC are a part of what you're doing in your marketing, you need to schedule and find a way to communicate with creators so you can know what to do versus assuming you have the answers. Make your life easier by just going to the source. You don't need to recreate water. Water already exists. <laughs> it's hard that like in an ideal world entirely, a hundred percent, it sort of comes back to the beginning of our conversation. We're talking about communicating and hearing and listening and responding to our own communities. And, you know, we've got a thousand and less people to listen to. And it's like, I struggle with like actually making sure that I'm listening to everybody and like, Instagram or, you know, Meta, whatever, like they're hearing hundreds and thousands of millions of voices and they all need different things. So I totally hear you on that. I can't help but think that they just sort of need to find their North Star from within a little bit more and maybe stop listening to so many people. It depends though, right? Because you're also talking about a company that's creating merch for creators. So yeah, I would like to think that they're in touch with their customers. It's interesting though, right? Like it depends on what scale you get to. I had breakfast with someone a couple days ago. He is an investor in the creator economy. And he's like, yeah, if you know of anybody who like they're creating like really interesting businesses or, you know, something that's really going to solve a problem on a mass scale, I would love to talk to them and possibly invest in them. And I'm like, I have a community of hundreds of people, thousands of people you have a community. Like I know people who have communities amongst ourselves. We've got a reach of so many incredible, brilliant, capable women. And I am having trouble coming up with some people to suggest. I was having such an internal struggle on my way home that day because I'm like, maybe I'm just not in touch with the right people. Like that could be possible. But I'm also thinking, I'm like, there are so many people that I know, they just work for others. They're not necessarily entrepreneurial. They are, you know, running brand partnerships within awesome agencies or whatever companies they're doing, but they're not necessarily doing their own things despite having incredibly brilliant ideas and they could go off on their own and make a killing. But I hear from more people who want to go the entrepreneurial route and want to pick my brain about it. But don't. Like something gets in the way. My question to you is like, where do you see women in particular sort of like tripping up professionally in the creator economy? It's a big question, but I'd love to see if you are seeing that, like I'm seeing it. It's a very good question. So how are women impacting the creator economy? I think it's kind of what you're asking. I think that women are impacting the creator economy because... There's a lot of data around women and it comes from two sides. There's the underrepresentation, the underpay that we run into. And unfortunately, we run into that as women in literally every job in every sector in America. And that's, I think, a conversation for us to have maybe in a little bit. But when we talk about the impact that we're having, like there are some things that just fundamentally just are the way that they are. Women are in charge of their budgets and their households. Women are in charge of the vast majority of spending and shopping. Women are in charge of what usually happens when it comes to families and children and things like that. Men have their places. Their stuff is usually around executive decision-making kind of ultimately, while women do the managerial multitasking pieces. And we can see countless TikTok videos and reels that kind of talk about that and like how to fix it and how to stand out and how to like lean into it and that kind of stuff. Women's impact on the creator economy currently is around we are 
hear and we are loud and we are creating and what we need is support from brands and algorithms to have attention. Women make up less than 12% of the top 25 trending videos on YouTube. In fact, in the top 30 earners from YouTube in 2021, there was four women in that list and two of them were children. When you talk about things like how much from a brand deals perspective, how much women make versus men. There are more women influencers on the platforms, but they make less money than men dollar for dollar. And I think that the issues is women need support from companies, algorithms, and to understand that this is why we are here. We're here to help and solve problems for 50% of the population. Like the fact that women are a niche, 50% of the population is a niche is a total problem. But we have to keep showing up as women creators also to help with that disparity, to help with the struggle, to show our genius and bring things to life and what we're capable of doing. So when you have opportunities to stand out and to shine and to be present, to be a leader, do it. So like, for example, like in my video, if you're not listening, I have a little box here on my shelf and it has a bunch of colors on it. This is done by Sarah Clark. She is uh, Sarah Ray Clark. She is an artist who does coloring books. So what she does is she buys coloring books and she's incredibly, incredibly detailed, turns them into works of art from a coloring book. And she talks about crayons and how she sketches and how she does it and her techniques and things like that. And she created these color palettes. So it's kind of like when you go onto like Pinterest and you're like, I want to like repaint my living room. And then you go find the swatches of the different colors. Like there's five to six colors on there. Like these go well together. It's a good theme. She created a whole box of them because she had created this digital product that was wildly successful. And she has sold over 6,000 of these. And she has a following of about 125,000 subscribers, I think, when she did this. And she got featured on, I forget his name, something Navarre. He used to be the creator coordinator for YouTube. And he started his own sort of thing. And he featured her and talked about how she's doing it, what she's doing and how she's having an impact. These are the kinds of things. Keep making, keep innovating, keep being the leader and making and doing what you want to think. And don't let anyone tell you not to do it because you know your audience, you know what they need, you know what they want. And the more you can succeed, the more the rest of us can succeed behind you. And I'm not saying that's put pressure on anybody. It's just to hopefully inspire you. Like if you do it, then other people can do it too. Someone has to be first. Someone has to be second. Someone has to be third. So lead the way and don't hide because some man tells you you're not value. I have a personal experience. So there's a gentleman in my industry. He's actually on my board with me. And I was having a struggle with my YouTube channel. I turned to him for consultation and he's like, you're being discovered for the wrong things on your YouTube channel. I made the decision based on his advice to take down like five of my top performing videos because it was categorizing me wrong on YouTube. At the same time, it was to double down the content I want to be found for and known for. Because I did that, my channel has been on this slow decline, half the viewership, half the ad revenue over the past year. And now I'm having to reach out to someone for a new consultation. And so he's like, because this guy told me to do this thing. And I believed him rather than talking to my other peers. I talked to my other peers about it and they were all women. They're like, you should never have done that. It was just, so I got burned because I didn't turn to people that understood me, my message, what I was doing. I turned to him because he's supposed to be the leader in the industry. And he turned out to be wrong. So we have to support each other in every chance that we can, even if it takes work, even if it's hard, even if it requires extra work to find them, extra money to have access to them because they're good. You've got to do it. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that so much. I don't know this guy. I don't know him from a whole while. I literally don't know who you're referring to, but like, I don't know, maybe what he said worked on one channel and not on yours. Like who knows? Or maybe he just had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> like, I think the point is to know your own business. Probably that's one thing I'm taking from what you're saying, right? Like you can bring in outside people and outside voices and perspectives, but at the end of the day, like trust your gut and like you see what's happening. And so you have to respond to that. That's one thing that I took from that. Here is one of my gripe that I have, and it probably is a little bit controversial, but I think being a minority that you're so eloquently saying earlier, how can 50% of the population be a minority, but we are, because we are classified in that way, I know I feel this and I can imagine a lot of other women feel this pressure to have to like pave the way for future generations of women. 
And so, you know, having a certain level of success, because we are fortunate that we are this generation that has so much more than the women before us did that it's like, well, we have to just like leapfrog for the next generation. Meaning I feel this pressure to not just have a community, but have a community that like eventually has thousands of members and is incredibly successful and helps thousands of other women because God forbid I were to do something on a less than that scale would it be for nothing? Like I had so much opportunity and things at my fingertips that I should be able to kill it. And if I don't, they won. Or like he did it better. I hate generalizing all women, of course, but like my approach to business is probably different than a lot of other guys. And I actually feel like I'm like fairly aggressive and assertive and direct in business but I see other people around me building bigger things, getting more reach, getting more buzz, all the things. And I'm like, am I failing myself? And am I also failing to give the opportunity to women in the future because there was already a precedent set by what I did? Do you feel any of that? Or am I like an incredibly like hard on myself? I want you to know right here now, you are not alone. You and I, we can like get together and console each other and talk about this. Tears and joy with lots of wine together. Girl, I hear you hard on this. Why can't I just do my job? Right? It's kind of that question. Why can't I just like do my job? Why can't I quite quit myself? Like, why can't I just like show up, do what I need to do, make my money and leave? No, I have to be in this constant state of like, oh, I need to help change the world. I need to help progress. I need to help grow. I need to help be an influence and change lives. And I think that the reason for women like you and me, is because we're hardwired that way. There are a lot of women out there that are not. There are a lot of women out there that need us because they're not in a position to do it. They're not have the personality to do it. They don't have the, the means, the income, the ability, the thoughts for it. Entrepreneurial brains, movement-driven brains, leader-driven brains, government official kind of brains, like it's a very specific and often lonely track because you're doing a lot of things at a high level with a lot of pressure on yourself, a lot of pressure from others, a lot of desires and goals and things that you want to do. And it even kind of gives you like achievement fatigue. I wrote a book. It's a hard thing to do. A very small percentage of people write a book. I wrote a book. It's called Start, Suck, Get Better. It's about my journey as an entrepreneur and being a woman and a mom and a a wife. And I just like kept doing more things. I don't really talk about my book a lot. I don't advertise, promote my book a lot. I was like, all right, I I wrote a book, check the box. Okay, now I got to keep moving on to the next thing. So I think that there's something to be said for achievement fatigue, but there's also something to be said for like, there needs to be people like us and you, if you're listening, if you feel this way, because you are possibly amazing human being is wildly capable of change and wildly capable of helping people. And as women, that's like our DNA is to build communities, build the tribe, help each other, support each other, nurture each other. And the more we can do that as women, the better the world will be. Like when women are in charge of things, things are better. People go look at Rwanda, like the, the horrible tragedy that happened to them in the 90s. So many men died in that travesty. And now it's in this place where Rwanda is predominantly a female society. You have female government, you have female business, you have female executives. That country is thriving because women are in charge. Because women stepped up and stepped in and did what we knew they were capable of. And so whenever you are feeling alone or that like, why can't I just do this? Why do I have to put so much pressure on myself? Why do I have to make this hard? Why am I trying to make this so much? Keep going because it means that you're doing the right thing. Because if it was easy, everyone would do it. And you would feel so unfulfilled and so unhappy because you didn't do everything you could to try and make change. I also think that it's an incredibly powerful thing to just be more open about these feelings, right? Because even like talking to you and being like, oh shit, like she totally gets it. This like pressure that we feel as women. So I'll tell you when I was having this conversation with this guy and he's like, yeah, so like if you know anybody who is worthy of being invested in or wants to like contribute to our fund, like let me know. And I was so mad because I'm leaving there and I'm like, I literally know hundreds of brilliant people. And like, why can't I come up with anyone who's like doing this? So many of the people that they're investing in 
are men. And he even said it at the meeting. He's like, oh, it's such a shame that like so few like, you know, women are VCs. And I'm like, I had a podcast about it. Like, do you know this woman? He's like, of course I do. Like, because there's 2% of women who are VCs. Of course he knows the one woman that I'm referencing. My point being is that I've been trying to like dissect what I feel about this conversation since it happened. I do think that having more women who are the investors would make a huge difference. You mentioned you're like women, we're builders, we're connectors. A lot of us are very nurturing and like want to help each other, which I think is like an incredible qualities to have. There's just not one path. There's not one path for anyone, even a man. I think that my suggestion to you as a fellow builder is to one, pitch yourself to him for investment, if that's what you'd want to do. And then I also think to present the opportunity to the community as well. But I also think it's to keep going, like keep doing like this proves like if it's hard for you, if you can't think of people, if the things aren't there, you need to keep doing what you're doing because it's so necessary. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I'd be lying if I didn't say like, what about me? The day after I'm having conversations with other people that I had scheduled and the little semblance of like, an idea. And I'm just like, maybe I should like connect her to this person's like they could build something to be like good enough for this guy. And I'm like, oh, I hate that. <laughs> but then I'm like, ooh, maybe whim should be its own VC fund. And maybe we should invest in women. And so there's this awesome bank that's for the creative. It's called Creative Juice. It's run by women. Her name is Seema. And she got a bunch of VC capital to start with this and their whole mission is to invest in creators, specifically women. Like it's finding this kind of spotter. Spotter is a company that has a billion dollar valuation and they want to reach more women because they see that they have a book of business and it's so many men. There's not a lot of women. A lot of women are discouraged from thinking that they can work with a company like Spotter and do that kind of stuff because they don't have an existing book of library and a, and a large track record and examples of like successful women through their program. Like there are so many companies. There are DEI, diversity, equality, and inclusion initiatives for a reason with uh, so many companies because they are not able to have it StreamYard, the, the tool that we're using to do this. Their marketing manager is a woman and she's constantly finding that she's like, I hate the bro mentality that we keep finding ourselves in with all these events that we go to like VidSummit and VidCon and then even like with our own YouTube channel and the people on our team. It's because men are creating this and so they create this bro culture which attracts more bros. And she's like, so I have to be this female voice of reason asking and pushing for more initiatives to do things like women in video, to figure out how to partner with companies like WIM. And so it's just a lot of that kind of stuff. And it's knowing that like, there are initiatives for women and there are things for women to do. It's just, we're fighting a really big uphill battle while men just cruise along their nice little flat path. I will say, I could talk about this with you for a very long time. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, it's a great conversation because it's a very relevant conversation. There's no solution to it. We're problem solving as we're talking about this, but like you can't look left and right. You just got to keep doing what you feel is the path that you should be on because you hear this in creators all the time, right? It's like, oh, how did you become this creator with millions of followers? Most of them are like, oh, I mean, it just started because I was like really into knitting. <laughs> like I was really into like this hobby, whatever the hell it was, but they just genuinely loved it. And then coupled with a business savviness, because you got to have that as well, of course. And like all the ingredients were there, but it didn't start by defining the end result. It didn't start by saying, I'm going to do this. Like at the end, I wonder if this could be a bit of a distraction, you know, by comparing yourself. And I wish we didn't have to compare ourselves. Like I wish we could just continue to like trust what we're doing. And like, you know, what's a real measure of success to me? It's actually not even having to go through a venture capital fund. I've said this oh, in the yeah, past on our podcast, like venture capital, they don't just hand you money for nothing. They hand you money for ownership and control of your baby, that thing that you've created. And it's like this weird marker of success. If you've like had like a round of, you know, funding from like venture capital, 
like, ooh, like they have venture capital money. And it's like this clout chasing, it's like a misnomer because actually if you've been able to successfully build up a company where you haven't had to give up any ownership of your company to somebody just in exchange for money, that's actually way more successful in my eyes, but I digress. 100%. It's like chasing vanity metrics. Like, ooh, venture capital. Like When I was at VidCon, I did a channel review with this guy and he was talking about he got venture capital and he was doing all this stuff because he has this tool for live streaming, but it's not like a stream yard where like it's accessible for everybody. It's like for like fancy live streaming, like luxury live streaming. And I was like, okay, cool. He's like, I got venture capital. I'm like, then why are you coming? First of all, why are you coming to me for a channel review? And number two, I'm talking to him and I'm like, everything you're saying is bullshit. Who cares about how many people are on your stream? How many of them are customers? Like there are so many people that forget about like the important parts. There are so many things that get funded that just are failures and they tank and it's horrible. And there are so many things that do well and it's just they bootstrap the shit out of it to get there. And so I think the sooner we can stop chasing specific things and vanity metrics and whatever misleading numbers you think that you need, the sooner you can focus on what you need to do, which is asking yourself, what do I need to create? What I need to do to build an audience that will give me money. Yeah, definitely. How do you solve the problems? Like what are the problems to solve and like what's the best way to do it? I listened to your podcast. I'm excited about your community and the conference and all that stuff. And it's like, you know, sometimes you need to take off our marketer hats or like professional hats and just be like a straight up consumer. And it's like, why am I attracted to your community? It's because like I can go in there and get some like really awesome wisdom, some really awesome perspective and just like take that and run with it today. Like it's really practical advice. And it's like from a hive mind of women who are in the same position that you're in. So I love that there is something there. Like you can't completely disregard the buzz that's created by certain things. Like we all work in marketing. It's like, I know that there's value in buzz, even though I wish there wasn't. I know that there's value in like getting accolades and you know, whatever the fuck, even though like I know that nowadays, like everybody buys accolades. If you're talking about like awards and things like that, I could tell you how to get them. <laughs> I can tell you how to win an award. You get a PR person and you pay them to then pay award ceremonies to give you an award. Like it's all bullshit, but it's just, it is what it is. So I think that like, if we build the thing, solve the problem, but also acknowledge what is happening around us, just having an awareness of like what the reality is, we'll all be fine. (laughs) It's more than fine. We'll be successful. Like we'll all be able to live the lives that we want, the way that we want, how we want. And I think the best thing that anyone can do is hopefully as an added bonus, you can help lift up other women along that journey. Snaps to that. I hope that people listening and watching this conversation are definitely going to want to check out your community because I've said this on the podcast before. I love a good like niche community. So the fact that you guys are like very specifically in video, I think it's brilliant. Very specifically helping women. I love it. Tell them like what's the best way to learn about women in video. Womenofvideo.com. It's our hub for our podcast, our community, and for the conference. Amazing. Perfect. So go check that out. We will have that linked in the show notes, of course. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so happy we were put in touch. I feel like we could chat for a while. I enjoy (laughs) our conversations genuinely. I love what you're doing. So I want to support you. I want our community to support you as well, because I think you're doing really, really valuable work. So thank you for coming on today. Thanks for having me. I hope that everyone has a great day. Remember you and everyone listening are impossibly amazing. Yes. What a good note to end on. You're the best. If you enjoyed this episode, we got to have you back. Check out our website for more ways to get involved, including all the information you need about joining our collective. You can check out all the information at IamWim.com. Leave us a review, a rating, but the most important thing that we can ask you to do is to share this podcast. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in next week.